Today is July 31st. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. Welcome in. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy. I am delighted that you decided to show up once again and walk with me through the Word of God. Y'all, it is July 31st. This is the last day of the month, and I can't tell what this year is doing. I don't know if the year is going by fast. I don't know if the year is going by slow. I am just in it. I'm just I'm just in this year, and I guess that's kind of a good thing. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a good thing. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with just being here and taking each day as it comes. All right, y'all, let's flow into these verses. Second Chronicles chapter 29, New International Version. Hezekiah purifies the temple. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. In the first month of the year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites, assembled them in the square on the east side, and said, Listen to me, Levites. Consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. Our parents were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. They turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors of the portico and put out the lamps. They did not burn incense or present any burnt offerings at the sanctuary to the God of Israel. Therefore, the anger of the Lord has fallen on Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread and horror and scorn, as you can see with your own eyes. This is why our fathers have fallen by the sword and why our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity. Now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him, to minister before him and to burn incense. Then these Levites set to work from the Kohathites, Mahath, son of Amasai, and Joel, son of Azariah, from the Morarites, Kish, son of Abdi, and Azariah, son of Jehalalel, from the Gershonites, Joah, son of Zimmah, and Eden, son of Joah, from the descendants of Elizathon, Shimri and Jael, from the descendants of Asaph, Zechariah and Mataniah, from the descendants of Heman, Jehiel and Shimei, from the descendants of Jeduthun, Shemaiah and Uziel. When they had assembled their fellow Levites and consecrated themselves, they went in to purify the temple of the Lord as the king had ordered, following the word of the Lord. The priests went into the sanctuary of the Lord to purify it. They brought out to the courtyard of the Lord's temple everything unclean that they found in the temple of the Lord. The Levites took it and carried it out to the Kidron Valley. They began the consecration on the first day of the first month, and by the eighth day of the month, they reached the portico of the Lord. For eight more days, they consecrated the temple of the Lord itself, finishing on the sixteenth day of the first month. Then they went in to King Hezekiah and reported, We have purified the entire temple of the Lord. 
the altar of burnt offerings with all its utensils, and the table for setting out the consecrated bread with all its articles. We have prepared and consecrated all the articles that King Ahaz removed in his unfaithfulness while he was king. They are now in front of the Lord's altar. Early the next morning, King Hezekiah gathered the city officials together and went up to the temple of the Lord. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven male lambs, and seven male goats as a sin offering for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. The king commanded the priests, the descendants of Aaron, to offer these on the altar of the Lord. So they slaughtered the bulls, and the priests took the blood and splashed it against the altar. Next, they slaughtered the rams and splashed their blood against the altar. Then they slaughtered the lambs and splashed their blood against the altar. The goats for the sin offering were brought before the king and the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. The priests then slaughtered the goats and presented their blood on the altar for a sin offering to atone for all Israel, because the king had ordered the burnt offering and the sin offering for all Israel. He stationed the Levites in the temple of the Lord with cymbals, harps, and lyres, in the way prescribed by David and Gad the king's seer, and Nathan the prophet. This was commanded by the Lord through his prophets. So the Levites stood ready with David's instruments and the priests with their trumpets. Hezekiah gave the order to sacrifice the burnt offering on the altar. As the offering began, singing to the Lord began also, accompanied by trumpets and the instruments of David, king of Israel. The whole assembly bowed in worship while the musicians played and the trumpets sounded. All this continued until the sacrifice of the burnt offering was completed. When the offerings were finished, the king and everyone present with him knelt down and worshipped. King Hezekiah and his officials ordered the Levites to praise the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with gladness and bowed down and worshipped. Then Hezekiah said, You have now dedicated yourselves to the Lord. Come and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the temple of the Lord. So the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings, and all those whose hearts were willing brought burnt offerings. The number of burnt offerings the assembly brought was 70 bulls, 100 rams, and 200 male lambs, all of them for burnt offerings to the Lord. The animals consecrated as sacrifices amounted to 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep and goats. The priests, however, were too few to skin all the burnt offerings, so their relatives, the Levites, helped them until the task was finished and until other priests had been consecrated, for the Levites had been more conscientious in consecrating themselves than the priests had been. There were burnt offerings in abundance, together with the fat of the fellowship offerings and the drink offerings that accompanied the burnt offerings. So the service of the temple of the Lord was reestablished. Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God had brought about for his people because it was done so quickly. Romans 14, The Weak and the Strong Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own masters, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. 
One person considers one day more sacred than another, another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and give thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister, or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Psalm 24 of David, a psalm. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle? Lift up your heads, you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory, the Lord almighty? He is the King of glory. Proverbs 20 verse 12, ears that hear and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. Okay, so as I was preparing for today's episode, 
I serendipitously discovered J.J. Hairston's lyrics to his song, You're Mighty, in Psalm 24. Did y'all catch that today? Who is this King of Glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle? I had never recognized those lyrics in context. Clearly, I've read this particular song before, but it never... It never resonated with me for whatever reason. And so today when it did, it was like this sublime feeling, like there is something very powerful and beautiful about the scriptures being put to music and hearing the scriptures actually sang, hearing the scriptures sang, hearing the scriptures song, yes, song. There's something very beautiful about that. And so how perfect would it have been had I been able to secure JJ's permission to use his song, but I didn't, so we can't. However, I can link the song in the show notes. And if you got time today, take a listen to that song. That is also one of my favorite songs. Like, And JJ came to our church a few years ago, and I promise it was one of the best concerts that we've had at our church. I really, really enjoy his ministry. Okay, let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for bringing us to the threshold of a new month. Lord, we thank you for bringing us through the month of July. Lord, we recognize your faithfulness and your provision in our lives. We know that we cannot make it without you. You are our rock and our fortress, our ever-present help in times of trouble and in times of need. Lord, we're grateful for your constant presence guiding us through the challenges and the victories of this past month. And Lord, as we step into August, we are placing our trust once again in you. We surrender our plans, our hopes and our aspirations into your loving hands. May your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, leading us in the way that you have prepared for us. Lord, we acknowledge that your word is alive and powerful and that it shapes us from within and equips us to face Whatever lies ahead of us, Lord, we pray that your word would continue to take root in our hearts, transforming us into the vessels that you have created and called us to be. And Lord, as we engage with your word, we ask for fresh revelation and understanding. Open our hearts and minds to receive your truth in new and profound ways. May the words we hear today plant seeds of hope and encouragement that will bear fruit in the days to come. Lord, I lift up every listener before you, knowing that you love each one of them deeply. Lord, let this podcast be a source of spiritual nourishment and growth, drawing people closer to you, to your heart. Lord, we thank you for the community of believers that gather here, connected by your word and bound together in love. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. And our affirmation, I am in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. I am in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. And our aphorism, a faith that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this epic adventure with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.